0: Gunfighter Cast, episode number one forty three. I'm your host Daniel Shaw, and I'm here with Eric Stanbro and Joe Wire, and we're at Alliance Police Training right now. And this episode, we're going to talk about dogs. And next episode, we're going to talk about dogs, and uh, maybe some some things that you've never heard. Uh, we're going to get into being attacked by a dog, avoiding the understanding dog behavior in different dogs, and uh, then the next episode, we'll talk about having your own dog to protect you and, and some training, that kind of stuff. So, hey, Eric, how you doing? Good, how are you? Awesome. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Joe. Hey, how you doing? Everybody knows who you are. Joe yeah, did I'm a, glad to be a back. series of episodes that were really good. A lot of folks got to send me a lot of emails, and they really liked it. So, Joe had a lot of good questions for Eric, so uh, Joe got told he's staying here for the podcast, too. Eric, what do you, what do you do?
1: Uh, I'm a policeman. I'm in my 22nd year on the job. My full-time assignment is in the training division. About 90% of what I do is train dogs. I also do it as a business on the side and for a big, huge association.
0: Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about what Eric does and why he's qualified to be on this podcast and talk about dogs. Um, And so you understand why he is because he is uh, right when we get back.
2: Primary Weapon Systems, or PWS, is a state-of-the-art machine shop in Boise, Idaho. PWS makes almost all their rifle components in-house, and the parts they don't make, they acquire from the highest quality manufacturers in the United States. The Mod 2 series rifles from PWS are some of the most feature-rich ARs on the market. One of those features is the Mod 2 Enhanced Buffer Tube, which has a ratchet-lock design that eliminates the need for staking while providing a solid lockup with the ability to remove it easily in the future. Go take a look at PrimaryWeapons.com, Primary Weapons Systems, because it's time.
0: All right, we're back. Eric, so what What makes you, uh, if I if somebody asked you, like, what, what do you know about dogs? What makes you qualified to, to teach me about dogs? What, what would your answer be?
1: Well, I've uh, I worked four dogs on the street in the city. I uh, have trained hundreds, and my full-time assignment is as training dogs. I am the only policeman in the state of Ohio who is a full-time dog trainer. I uh, t- trained dogs for the uh, Navy SEALs for a little while, took a leave of absence and went out to San Diego and trained dogs for them. And I currently train 33 dogs. I have 33 dogs in my uh, association that I train on a regular basis.
0: Your association, what is
1: that? The Police Canine Association, we're a big conglomerate of, of agencies that come and train. We, we're a 501c3, so we raise money to buy equipment and pay for seminars and and buy bite suits and, and things like that and help out some of the smaller agencies that really can't afford their canine program. Right,
0: sounds awesome. Um, so we're, we're going to jump right into the content, the things that we're going to talk about. We were talking before the show, and you were, you were talking about different dogs. You're referring to some of them as really nasty dogs and, and this and that. If if you had a category, we're, we're talking from the people like me. You know, I'm not a dog handler. I'm not a canine. I've never, never worked with a working dog uh, other than maybe had one in a platoon or at a, at a front gate checking people, you know, whenever deployed or something, but, and I wasn't really working with the dog at all. I was working around the dog, I guess you could say. Um, we're, we're talking normal everyday dogs out there that may be in somebody's
1: houses. How, how do you categorize these different animals? Well, you know, the, the big thing is uh, people getting dogs to protect them in their house. And a lot of people believe that the the right dog for that is the dog that's Real defensive and real nasty, and if you walk up to the to the window of the house or or to the cage that he's in or the kennel that the dog is just like you would never even want to touch the dog. Uh, he's just barking and showing teeth and and really trying to get at you. Uh, that's not the dog that you want uh, for your house. And but there's a lot of people selling those dogs as the dog you want. Um, but you got to remember, you have to be able to handle that dog, and the dog's got to be in your house. Um, those it sounds like
0: you're buying a huge liability. You know, you're, you're going to, you're just not an asset, man. You're, you're going to get sued. There's going to be a problem.
1: The dog is for sure going to bite uh, a friend, a neighbor, a mailman. If you bite your mailman, you can forget it. Um, if you bite anybody at your house, if your dog bites anybody at your house and they make a complaint, uh, I'm talking not a burglar, but obviously a, uh, a friend or a neighbor, uh, your homeowner's insurance is going to dump you. A lot of them won't even let you have a dog. But uh, if they find out that you have a dog that bites and he's biting people, because you're doing dumb things, you can, you can forget your insurance. You're for sure going to get sued. Um, so that part of the business is, is a racket. I think.
3: Yeah. I know that in our city, uh, just uh, one uh, you know, if a dog bites somebody, and that report gets filed, uh, that makes that dog a vicious categorized a vicious animal under uh, you know a city of alliance ordinances. So I mean, that would make your insurance go up because if they do it again you know, I mean, you already, it's already categorized a vicious animal. So
1: I'll give you a perfect example. Um, there's a police department, not too far from here that had a new dog and the handler lived outside the city, lived in a whole nother County actually. And his dog got out somehow. He wasn't home. The dog got out and ran over and bit the neighbor lady who was, I think getting her mail and the dog went over and bit. Well, that, that County over there, Named that dog as a vicious dog. And this was a, a police dog. Named uh, named it as a vicious dog, they had to get rid of him. And the dog, uh, they sold him to someplace in Florida, like completely out of the state. We're not allowed to use him anymore um, because the dog went after the person unprovoked. The lady was doing nothing. Not like she ran right. or, or was fighting somebody or, or causing problems or even on their property. The dog got out and went over and nailed her for no reason. If I go to
0: a friend's house
1: or uh, I'm on the street running or, or anything else and
0: i I observe a dog what what would I look for to to immediately realize like okay I'm cool right now with this dog and we'll, we'll get into it in a little bit you know how to defend against a dog so not not quite that far yet but what, what can I look for to to, to realize what kind of the, how I should treat that dog
1: well when a dog's at their house it's it's a little different than like I distance run so I'm running all the time and there's always in distance runners, all I tell you when we're out training, there's always a um, an issue with dogs in people's neighborhoods, and the people don't uh, don't kennel them or don't have them on the right leash, or they have them on some flimsy rope, or they have them in a um, you know uh, underground fence with a with a collar that doesn't work. And so what what I'm always looking for when I see the dog is looking kind of see what the dog is looking at me. Um, most dogs' posture, most of what they're doing is fake. They're just, you know, trying to scare you off, whether you're on their side of the road or not. I always tell people I, I change sides of the street. Uh, it's a big deal for the dog to come out of his own property and all the way onto the other side of the street. So uh, I always watch for that, kind of watch him for the dog's demeanor, watch what his tail's doing, uh, the hair. So the hair will stand up even on a friendly dog sometimes. Um, again, a lot of it is posturing. Uh, they get to you do you're of their looking program, for what
0: the tail does what are you what are you looking for specifically there?
1: I'm looking for the tail to be wagging <laughs> if if the tail's wagging, that's the best sign yeah, cool right right um some dogs, if the tail goes straight up, they're in like a prey drive mode, and they may chase you down the street and then the dogs that have the the tail underneath them are real dangerous. Those are the fear biters, yeah the ones that if you're on their side of the street, there's a chance you might get tagged just for being on the sidewalk by their house.
0: All right. Uh, we're going to talk a little more of that and a little bit about some uh, some precautions that you can take right after this little quick break.
2: This episode of Gunfighter Cast is brought to you by Bravo Concealment Holsters. Use our coupon code GUNFIGHTER at checkout when you visit bravoconcealment.com and get 10% off your entire purchase.
0: All right, so you go to a friend's house and there's a dog that seems like, you know, he's... May or may not be aggressive. You don't really know, but he's not coming right up to you, wagging his tail, knocking everything off the tables like my dog did whenever he came to you earlier. Uh, you're not really sure about that one. How do you treat that dog? I've been told a few different
1: things. Like don't address the dog, talk to the owner, ignore it, that kind of thing. What, what would be the right thing to do? I, I believe, I'm a believer in, if you have that dog like that, like I have one in my house that's like that, and I tell everybody to ignore the dog. Don't reach down. Everybody wants to put their hand down for the dog to sniff. Uh, don't do that. Don't just kind of get in there and get settled. A lot of people will tell you, oh, he's the dog's good once you get in the house and settle down. Um, I've seen a lot of dogs that are really good like that until you stand up to leave and then they can, they can get kind of weird on you. But you definitely want to kind of gauge it yourself. If the dog is barking at you and coming up like they're going to get nasty with you, don't reach down. Just I, I prefer to ignore the dog. And just kind of let them – let them kind of figure it out themselves. And if you – if if it's a friend of yours and you go there and there's a chance you're going to get bit and the, they don't put the dog up, I I just don't go there. Yeah. Yeah. Put the dog up. It's just safer that way. Our dogs at the uh, police departments, I tell everybody, we we build a kennel for each dog. If you choose not to use the kennel and the dog's in your house, when people come over, you need to put the dog up. Because if the dog is taught to bite especially – uh, why Why have any problems? Put the dog up. But if fluke things happen, the, the, in the dog world, the, the number one saying is that he's never done that before. Right. That's a big thing. He's never done that before. And there, and dogs, we've all seen it. There are dogs that just don't like certain people. Like, oh, he hates my uncle for whatever reason. Usually because they, they're messing with him yeah. when you're not paying attention. My,
3: my dog's that way. And, and I'll tell you, uh, the way people react to my dog uh, does a lot does a lot to, um, uh, you know, like if they retract or act fearful, like when I can see the acting fearful, it seems like my dog keys in on that and acts even more aggressive. You, you know, I don't, is that a thing or yeah? Trying to establish dominance or is something? that my imagination? No,
1: no, that's not your imagination. I a lot of dogs are just like the schoolyard bully, where if they think they can intimidate you and they can tell, they'll keep doing it. Um, like your dog, I've been around your dog a hundred times and I come, I'll walk by and say hi to her. I don't pet her. You know, if she wants to come up to me, we'll handle that. Um, I just, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to touch them. So, uh, you know, I don't, she barks if she barks at me. That's cool. I just ignore her. I move on about my day. Right. Um, the best thing is if you can get a dog that's like human neutral, They doesn't really care if you're doing anything or not, you know, uh, that little dog I have at my house, I tell everybody she's barks and barks and barks. I'm like, just give her one minute. You just need one minute. Don't touch her, and after a minute, then she won't leave you alone. But she has got to announce her presence with authority. I always say. <laughs> um, but I think she's a little turd. She would, if you reach down immediately, she would probably snip your hand. So you got that little
0: big dog syndrome, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep.
1: Funny. Okay,
0: so. Let's get into what everybody's waiting on, at least what I'm excited to hear. You know, I I used to run a lot. I'd like to start running a lot again. And uh, I carry a gun a lot because of dog. I don't want to shoot somebody's dog, man. I I really don't want to shoot some kid's kid's dog. That that would be like the worst thing ever, man. Um, But I carry a gun for that because I'm also not going to get bit either by some ferocious dog. I don't really worry about some thug coming and stealing my Nikes or anything like that. It's, uh, it's really for animals. You know, I used to run a lot on greenways and things like that. And you're running behind people's houses and there's, the fences are torn up. The, they're not really going to keep a dog in in this case. Um, if, if there's a dog and I, I try to avoid it, I change the street, the side of the street. I, I do all those different things. Um, what, what can I do if that dog is, is attacking me, is biting me?
1: Well, <clears throat> what I always tell people is, and this is what I do. When I'm running and I and the dog is usually catches me by surprise if if anything if I don't see him first and they're going to come out of the yard at me I usually stop and I kind of you got to make a quick assessment on the dog is this is this posturing or is the dog actually going to come over here and bite me is he coming over real low to the ground like he's going to bite you in the leg and what I do is I turn and face the dog because it's a big deal for a dog to take a human being on straight it's a big deal. Like police dogs, I work on it obsessively on dogs biting the man, looking straight at them. So I'll turn at the dog and I even kind of get big sometimes. Um, if the dog slows down, I may even uh, posture myself and I may even take a step at the dog and try to run them off. That's where you got to make a quick decision is, is he buying it or isn't he? Is he going to keep coming at you? So with this posturing, are you moving toward him with stomping at him? Like a, a little charge bit. kind of thing? Yep. Uh, I'll do that, and it's all just kind of quick little base. Um, there's this one dog I used to run by his little lab that I tried it a couple times it didn't work. He, If the dog comes out of the yard and across the street and keeps coming, he was going to bite you. It doesn't matter what you do. A lot of those dogs, if you keep running, the prey drive kicks in. If they have that, and they'll chase you down and bite you in the back of the leg or in the, in the rear end, usually they hit and take off. Uh, some dogs, though, are just... Prey animals, they're they are going to come and bite you and hold on. Um, most dogs, though, you can, by turning and facing them and posturing a little bit, um, you can run them off. There's a farm that I run by that there are three farm dogs come out in the road, and one of them likes to hackle up and kind of bark at me a little bit more, and I, I stop. Do, kind of posturing up on him doesn't really do not. He, we just have this little detente for a little bit. That's great. If the dog stops... You should be all right. You just kind of move on slowly. You and then, turn your back. Just, yeah, back away. Yeah, just kind of move on slowly. And they more than likely won't follow you very far. If you live out in the country, though, some people let their dogs run for a mile, depending on how big their property is. But again, if they come across the street, no matter what you did, they were going to bite you regardless. And usually it's in the lake.
0: And usually you see them quick bite and they're gone and then you can keep moving
1: yeah oftentimes it's a bite, and if you're on their side of the street, they'll do that defensive bite where they come over, tag you and turn and run, which is the same thing that happens with a lot of people on leash dogs on leash where they're trying to defend their person and they nail the person and then back away um But if they come across the street they if especially if they're coming in low they're gonna they're gonna try to bite you in the leg
0: so I'm getting bit in the leg. the dog's holding on, or I don't want this dog to bite me. Can I stop that
1: dog? Usually what I do is I've had this a couple of times. The dog comes in low. I try to pin their head down on top of their head or by their neck and pin it down to the ground and hold them. Um, dogs are like people. If you can start choking them, they'll they'll fight. You know, It's like if a human being. If you grab them by the throat, that's all they can focus on is, right. is you grabbing them by the throat. Dogs are no different. Um, so I'll do that sometimes with dogs. It usually uh, gets them. To stop biting your leg or stop trying, if you just kick at them, like some people will just try to kick at them, you're just throwing out a for them random bite. targets, right? So I stop and I just pin them to the ground uh, and just try to hold their head down and hopefully maybe the owner comes out and helps. But you gotta you gotta be pot committed to it. You when if you're gonna do it, you gotta be in there and strong because if you let up and the dog latches onto your leg, especially with shorts on because you're running and gets a hold of your calf, you're, you're you can be in deep trouble.
0: So you're basically uh, grabbing the neck and executing a sprawl type thing. Pretty much. Hold them, down. Yeah.
1: hold them down on the ground. Um, if they let go, some dogs I've actually been picked up off the ground by their neck and by their throat and picked them up and carried them across the street. Now, again, depending on you and your size and the dog size, they're going to fight you. You're going to get scratched up. It's just like, you know, fighting someone with a knife. You're going to get cut. If you're going to fight with a dog, you're going to get scratched. Something's going to happen. But I... Uh, I've taken dogs to the point of almost completely unconsciousness by their throat, taking them over to their house, to the owner. Uh, I that part that's just me. I I I don't know if that's going to be good, but but once (laughs) a dog's
3: (laughs) this isn't probably for the average listener. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. But once
1: (laughs) once the dog's committed and he's going to bite you in the leg, and you can if you can pin him, that's probably about where you're going to be. And hope, yell, and hope that someone comes. And, and then you feel if the dog is trying to get away, but a real high prey drive dog, he might get away and then come right back to you. Yeah. So you got to, how many times you want to fight him? You got to, that's kind of in the, in the moment thing you got to figure out. A lot of a lot of people carry pepper spray, uh, on dogs. It doesn't, it's not that great.
0: Yeah. We were just going to talk about that right when we, uh, come back from this last break about, um, some different items and tools. And also if you are carrying, you know, when is it time to shoot? And when is that dog just posturing? In the
2: 1911 world, there's Nighthawk Custom and then there's everyone else. Nighthawk Custom makes the highest in quality 1911 under the motto, one gun, one gunsmith. Each 1911 is handmade with each part fitted by one gunsmith from start to finish. Nighthawk Custom is giving away one of their custom 1911s every 90 days this year. All you need to do to register is visit www.nighthawkcustom.com forward slash gunfightercast and sign up.
0: All right, so you you said that uh, pepper spray wasn't very effective. You know, what do you what do you? It just it doesn't. They don't care. It's not. I mean, dog mace that doesn't work.
1: They, you know, there's a reason they make dog mace, and there's a reason why postal carriers have carried it for years because I think it does buy you enough time. But like, for example, in police work, we take our dogs through CS gas and OC uh, grenades and, and all that like other stuff. Dogs like
0: humans, where if they're really determined, it's not going to stop them. You know, like. Mace or pepper spray may stop profit crime. Like, you know what? I'm going to go rob somebody who doesn't hurt me that much. But if somebody really wants to hurt somebody, pepper spray to the face isn't going to stop a determined person, right?
1: Correct. And uh, it depends on the dog. If that dog is just a badass dog, that that, that pepper spray, he could shake it right off. Uh, I've seen it. Um, we take our dogs, like I said, we'll, we'll deploy a an, uh, CS grenade and walk them through and we're dying. But the dog, is it doesn't affect them. That blast in the face of the dog pepper spray, the dog mace, it's probably as much the blast to the face that that bothers them, and, and I, it does. It makes them, you know,
3: you see them snot up and, and start yeah. rubbing their top of their their nose with the with their paws. And they stuff can like fight that. through it. It'll
1: if they're a weaker dog, it might it might get them off of you. I,
3: I've seen you know, uh, and at least I was told you know. I mean, I I was in a situation one time where there were two dogs uh, and. I had to keep them back from a door, and I kept spraying them, and they'd run back to the back of the yard, and then come back at me, and I'd spray them again, and and one of them eventually died, and the uh, the dog uh, the dog warden told me that they I just it, they just got so stressed over the now I don't know if any of that's true or not, uh, but you know he, he said you know that all the dog got was pepper spray, and and it event, it it died that day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and he said it just got so stressed from the the confrontation that you know I don't know if we
0: should have this in the recording that Joe's pepper spray is not
3: less lethal. <laughs>
1: yeah, lethal. right. Well, I'm just saying that. I mean, there are
3: sometimes <laughs> results of you know, I mean, because I know for a fact that nothing else happened to that dog uh, other than me continually spraying it with, mm-hmm. with pepper spray because I had to. Um, but um, you know, and it, it ended up dying because of it, but. Uh, but it also kept coming back <laughs> you know so
1: it's it's not it's not it's not foolproof that it's going to work i know a lot of runners carry uh some personal defense sprays and things with them for for dogs and for people and uh i don't know if they've had to use them or not i'm i'm not sure is there
0: a whistle that works is there anything that that annoys them that bothers them i don't think so nothing nothing enough to stop them i mean
1: the, the again the posturing dog maybe but the dog who is determined to bite you because he's the baddest thing in the Valley is going to bite you.
0: You may have already indicated this. I think you have, but you didn't put it in. um, Yeah, we didn't, we didn't put it in exact terms or in context for an armed person. I'm carrying a a a defensive handgun. I'm running or I'm walking or with my family, uh, anything. When is it time for me to shoot that dog? When is it more risky for me to not shoot than it is for me to shoot? You know, if it's, if it's me by myself, it's one thing. If I've got my, my seven-year-old with me, things change quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, So when is it time to, to pull the trigger?
1: Not when the dog is biting you. We don't recommend that. People will say, well, if the dog latches on, I'll just shoot him. Uh, oh, that will probably work until the round ricochets off of something inside the dog and goes through and into your leg. Um, we've had officers do that before. They've waited and waited and waited. It's, it's a weird thing. Human beings feel worse about shooting a dog. Than than they would shooting a person that was attacking them, so it's it's one of those you're just gonna have to tell, especially if you're a kid. Like you're walking with your kid, and your kid is going to try to run or run behind you. Your kid is not gonna freeze up. It's just not gonna happen. Right. If the dog starts going at at the 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 kid, then you just got to make that split second decision uh, to to do that. Um, not in their yard, hopefully. You know, that, again, if you're on the the other side of the street is the key because if they come all the way, it, the the yard is a boundary. And most people, when their dogs are out there, if the dog goes to the edge of the yard, ah, come here, get back here. They do it consciously or unconsciously to teach the dog the boundaries. And that yard onto the blacktop uh, or concrete of your road, whatever it is, is a boundary. And if the dog is going to go out into the street and come across all the way across into a second boundary, another set of yard, they're going to bite you more than likely. So you have to make that decision right then and there. Um, And again, like, like everything, if you pull the trigger, it's an adult decision and live with the adult consequences.
3: Well, uh, one thing I want to kind of talk about uh, as a little side note to that is, is that, um, you know, if a dog's trying to bite you uh, or your family and you feel the best judgment is to shoot the dog, you're still responsible for where that round goes, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you, 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 uh, you know, you, you're responsible for everything it does. I was on a call, um, where a dog came out to try to bite somebody. Uh, and you know, running, I've run a range for how many years, if you, you know, if you ask me what a safe backstop is, I'd have said this person had a perfectly safe backstop and 100% made the correct decision. But the round went, about a half inch underneath the sod of a nice berm that they had, had as a backstop, they missed the dog. A dog's a hard target with mm-hmm. a handgun, you know. Missed the dog. A round went about a half inch through the sod, hit a flat rock, and the round took off in a different direction and went through the second story window of the house that was there, through the headboard of a baby crib, and lodged in the oh. in, in the ceiling. Right. So, uh, you know, just you know, just a reminder that. Uh, you know, your life and the priority of life is way more, uh, way higher on the list than a dog's, but you're also responsible for what that round does, whether it hits or misses that dog and, and where it goes after that. So, uh, just because a dog's going to bite you doesn't mean you, you have no, uh, no responsibility for the, where that round goes. And a lot of people will shoot themselves in the foot, literally shoot
1: themselves in the foot because they will wait too long. If you're gonna do it, don't wait until the dog is two inches from you. You're gonna shoot yourself in the leg. So it's pretty
0: reasonable in, in what you're you're talking about explaining, and maybe you would be an expert witness if something like this went to a court case. They're coming across the street towards you, they've left their boundary, you you've done everything you could, you you've been you've got your due, you've done your due diligence, you're not staying over there antagonizing the dog on hitting his world. You know, you've crossed the street and you're trying to move away, and this dog's coming across the street, you know what's gonna happen next.
1: Yeah, it's in again they're going to keep coming. The dog and you'll 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 tell because the dogs that do that don't slow down. They come in. It's the same speed that they left their property in. They they're just coming in. They're going to bite. Uh, the, the dogs that if they if I see a dog slowing down as he's coming to me, we have a chance. We have a chance of him stopping and uh, and working on it because they'll 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 when I turn to posture, they'll a lot of times freeze up. But if they keep coming. It, Almost like they were trained, you know, if they keep coming, they're going to
3: bite you uh, and they're faster than you can react. Sometimes I think uh, you see a dog, if you turn and face them, they're trying to circle around. You. They want to come and then, you know, you know, like sneak attack and, mm-hmm. and get you from behind. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you'll start spinning.
1: And then if the dog's a high prey drive dog, it just keys them up because you're going to turn and it's just going to be and they're going to come in and bite you in the leg. We do it a lot with training and police dogs, where we're doing a lot of movements and trying to trying to do avoidance with the dog, and it it geeks them out so much that when they finally bite you, it, it's with really bad intent.
0: When you're training these dogs, would it be safe to say or not say that it's it's difficult to get them to bite?
1: No, not the ones we te- we get. Uh, we they're pre selected for that. Um, it is there. What happened was when I took over as trainer, I started noticing some dogs that. Would, would bite you all day long if you were running away from them. So I really started changing the program to, to do a lot more frontal bites, a lot more uh, bites where they have to attack f- straight onto the person. Because I could get, I could turn and posture up on a dog, a police dog, and get them to stop.
0: You see a lot of videos out there on the internet of dog training, and it's almost always someone wearing a bite suit or at least a sleeve running away. Yep. And is, is that. That's probably why, because it's so much there. They will bite if they're running away for sure. Uh, or it's easier to get a dog to achieve that than it is for them. The the frontal.
1: Yeah, that's that you know that prey drive. There's a there's a term called fight drive. Some some trainers believe in it. Some don't. And the term fight drive comes from where you get prey drive up to a certain level, like way high. You need that that high prey drive, and then you get up to a defense where the dog uh, barks at at the guy and and really you know gets up and shows some teeth and things like that once you get them to a certain level you get to where fight drive is and this is what uh the the definition of fight drive is where prey drive can be a game defense drive can be kind of a defensive posture and fight drive is i see you and i want to fight you i don't i'm not doing this as a as a uh as a game I'm not doing it because I'm afraid or because I'm trying to protect anything. I think I can kick your butt and I'm going to go fight.
0: That's why I hear a lot that, that you always can let the dog win. The dog always has to win for the confidence. Would that be accurate?
1: Yeah. we. Uh, I'll get them to the point. You know, I put a lot of pressure on dogs when we're training. A lot of pressure. And I'll get them to a point where maybe they thought they were going to lose. And then you let them win at the end. And it does build confidence in the dog. They're like anything. You, you build up that confidence in them. And more pressure you can put on them where they get to succeed after, you know, they don't have to like what they're doing. They just have to do it. So if you can get them through that part where they're kind of maybe a little apprehensive, but they still do it, we, it's a big deal. And we make a big deal out of it. And uh, you'll start seeing the dogs. They start coming out. Their chests are up a little bit more. They're more confident. We have dogs that you can tell, know that they're the baddest thing in the valley. They don't need to bark at you and show teeth and get nasty. They'll just stand there. But you know when that dog is coming that he's gonna snap a bone in your leg or, or bite through your bicep or something like that for real. Because they know. They I, do know.
3: I've been I've been to the emergency room with uh <laughs> uh the victims of, you know, serious dog bites and it is something that you never want to have happen to
1: you. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> we have yeah. dogs that will bite through prey drive. We have dogs that are Uh, Some of the Malinois that if it's moving, they're biting it and they don't really have a ton of that defense. Like they don't like some of these dogs are not going to sit there and bark bark at you, which, you know, again, we try to kind of get a a, a, a reasonable level of that stuff. But some of them don't need it. If it's moving, they'll bite. So those dogs, what we work on is biting the person who's laying still because that's the defense that people try to use. If I just hide under this refrigerator or behind this refrigerator or behind this uh, water heater, if I don't move, they won't bite you. Well, I mean, you're rolling the dice there. The dogs I train will bite you. If you're hiding under something, you don't move. That's most of our bites. Probably 80% are still persons. So, uh, you, you just got to work through that. We train through it. Like everything I told you about put- pinning their head to the ground, I train the dogs to fight that. So, you know, because people do that stuff
0: eric we're gonna before the uh next episode when we talk more about training a dog and how to train your own dog and some things to look for and some things to go after for the family uh slash home defense dog and all those things getting a good mix
1: um where where can people find you on the web to, maybe they want to have you help them out that kind of thing um we uh, there's two spots I have a business called van s k nine v a n e s s the letter k the number nine uh you can i do it mostly my content is on instagram so if you go to van s k nine on instagram I put a lot of cool dog stuff. If you like working dogs and cool stuff like that, dogs jumping over stuff and biting stuff and doing all that detection work and everything, and a lot of cool stuff, I'm on there. I um, also have Van S. Canine Academy on Facebook. And then I'm the head trainer of the Police Canine Association. The Police Canine Association is Police K number nine association on Instagram and on Facebook. We put a lot of cool stuff on there. So either sk 9 or Police Canine Association on Instagram is mostly where we put stuff.
3: And, and if people wanted to make a, a tax-deductible donation to that, they could.
1: Yep. Uh, com or PK9A.com. Uh, we're a 501c3. We um, support – one of the biggest things we do is, is help pay for food and medical bills of retired dogs. That's like our, one of our newest things is because when the dogs retire, the handlers got to start paying for all that stuff. And just like people – Later in the life, the more medical bills and it gets expensive, and uh, so we try to help out with that stuff, buy equipment and everything we can. So,
0: yeah, there's, uh, you know, I, I've known a lot of a lot of canine officers, and when I was in in Wichita recently, while I was there, uh, one of the dogs was killed, and uh, man, it's 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 like you're losing another officer. It's it's serious. It's it's a big deal, and I, I think it's awesome that there's organizations out there to to help out these these dogs that. I mean, they, they're willing to give their lives, you know, I mean, they, some people might argue that they don't know or they've been trained to do this and everything else, but you know, they're dogs are intelligent, right? They, they're, they are not idiots and, uh, and they, they are attached to that handler and, and those people and then they, they know what they're supposed to do and they're, they're still making a choice to do it. And I think it's, uh, awesome that people, we need to take care of them. And, uh, so yeah, if, if you, uh, if you're a dog lover and, or you appreciate these, uh, canine officers, and uh, make a tax or deductible donation. That'd be awesome. Thanks. Um, and we'll talk more about training dogs here in the next episode of Gunfighter Cast.